I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. We put the shades away. Our weekend of play is gone. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, the flight back from Miami was crazy, so I'm glad that we're finally back. And uh, you didn't have too much, you know, too far to go. I drove, yeah, I drove all the way back. It was it was a nice drive up the coast, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. If you guys didn't catch our podcast, um, I think that was a Saturday podcast. Um, man, yeah. the days are really, really flowing together. We just really had a rager the other night at at Club Live. So if you want to listen to that, go ahead and listen. To that. <laughs> Dude, there's a lot of people there. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, Bad some, Bunny, some Dirk girl was named there. Carol G, another girl that has just one initial as a last name. Never heard of them. <laughs> I kept seeing tweets about Carol G. I'm like, I don't even who is this? Like, Bad, am I supposed to know who that is? Um, no, there's just so many people there. She's the a wrestler. Music, <laughs> music was so loud, it's crazy. But uh, it, I'm happy that Luca. I don't know who she like, is, but we made out. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Luca took the weekend to recover. Uh, recovery time uh, led into the game uh, in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Uh, recovery for his thumb—that's what I'm emphasizing there. Uh, the thumb injury, and <laughs> in which he couldn't catch the ball on Friday night. Um, yeah, it, it is still hurting him. So he set out oh, for the game. We're moving to serious now. <laughs> Well, I was gonna make a sarcastic joke oh, with okay. it, Go ahead. and uh, but we had a a fun game. We had a blowout, kind of, kind of, uh, in Minnesota against essentially a, a blowout. A bad. T- there's like bad teams, and then there's the Timberwolves to where like the Warriors the other night beat the Suns. The Suns, who some fans still think they have a shot to playoffs, stop. No, get out of here. Kind of like Kings. Kings to stop. Um, but. I guess the Kings are closer than the Suns, but the Warriors at least like compete some nights. Like they, they, there's a difference between like bad teams who compete and they try hard. The Timberwolves, man, they just seem like they just don't give a crap. And I don't know if it's just like a brand new roster or what, but they, I don't know. That's just bad vibes coming from a bad team. It just seems like this is a throwaway year, right? And they're just they're just gonna ramp up for next year. Hopefully, everybody's healthy. Towns is healthy. D'Angelo Russell stops getting the team <laughs> fined. <laughs> For rest, of all the teams that could get fined uh, for resting, it's the Timberwolves and D'Angelo like, Russell. Y'all can't even do that, right? Like you, let alone build a roster on cap, but you can't even like you can't even rest, right? Like everybody does. Well, it. the NBA was was like, man, if if Russell sits, then who are they watching? Like who are people watching? No one's gonna buy a ticket to watch this Timberwolves team with like somebody's up all, in the league office. All and respect like, just, to Beasley and. <laughs> They just have some like spinner, and they're like with all the teams on it, like, "Hey, spin it, whatever team it lands on. That's who we're gonna find for like resting someone." And lands on Minnesota, and like, "Dang, Minnesota! All right, that's a close one. one." Yep. All right, on the on the pod today, we are going to talk about and break down the Mavericks' 111 to 91 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll also discuss some playoff implications and talk about 
um, playoff positioning, a little bit of that. And then we want to get into the conversation about resting Luca. We made all of our jokes about resting and getting fined for resting like the Timberwolves did. But we want to talk about it because we don't think that this game against Minnesota was a rest game necessarily. It kind of was in a way, but uh, we want to talk about that. So let's get into that. Isaac, let's start with this game. The Dallas Mavericks, again, beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 111-91. to And it was a 20-point... That's a 20-point win, though, by the way. That's a blowout. That's, that's a blowout. It maybe yeah. doesn't look like it visually, but it is. Um, Kristaps Porzingis, man. We got to start with Kristaps. 38 points. Again, missed his career. His career high is 40, and he's now... This is the third time. I think one one game he had a 37, but this is the third time he's gotten real close. Come on, guys. Y'all got to... You got to make it happen. Teammates, Rick... Just make this thing happen. Get him to 40. Why Why are we leaving him setting a 38? The thing is, though, that he actually went back into the game, and he had a couple shots to hit 40 and to get to that point, but he just didn't make the shots. 38 points, which is a season high, tied a season high. 13 boards, four assists, five blocks, and honestly, he could add seven. <laughs> could add seven yeah. or eight blocks. I mean, there was a couple plays that I was surprised they didn't count as blocks. Just a monster game from him. And... It feels like ever since we put him in the top ten of you know players twenty four and under, he's just had two incredible games, and it's just it's just completely uh, proved us right. I mean, his he's coming off a month of February to where we talked about a lot of his numbers the other day, but you know he averaged tw- over twenty five and ten, shot thirty nine percent from three in the month of February. Now his first day of March, you know he puts up thirty eight and uh, and thirteen and five blocks. He's and- averaging thirty eight points for the month of March, Isaac. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and uh, he's averaging five blocks a game in March. And but yeah, I mean he was uh, he was he was only a plus twenty two tonight. Psst, come on. <laughs> Uh, Tim Harway is a plus 37. Shout out to Justin Jackson for, for pulling off the 19 the minutes rare. 19 minutes of play in a 20-point victory uh, with a minus 13. Anyway. Um. Porzingis, Tim Cato tweeted this out, and this is one where, where you say, dang, how did he beat me to this? Because this is like me and your thing. <laughs> Christoph Porzingis is the only player in NBA history with multiple games of 35-plus points Five plus made threes and five plus blocks in a single game. The only player Dang. with multiple games like that. With five made threes, five blocks, and at least thirty five points. That's crazy. Like that's a huge game. And he's had he's it the is. only player in NBA history to have more than one of those. Because that that's the uniqueness that KP brings. When you start looking at the you know, the skilled big man across the league and you just start thinking Your about unicorn guys. could never no, well, yeah, like you just think about the bigs, like Embiid. I'm just doing it off the top of my head. Embiid, Towns, Jokic, uh, I guess AD. Um, yeah, there's, let's just start. Not many. Just, yeah, there's not many, Towns. but you think about the, the, yeah, yeah, Towns. You think about the good big men across the league. It's like a lot of them have the one thing, but maybe not the other. Like Towns is really good offensively, but he's not going to get the blocks like KP does. And somebody like Embiid or somebody like, uh, Yo- like Jokic, Jokic can hit the threes, but like, yeah, Gobert ain't going to hit the three like KP does. Or might not be able to score 38 in a game like KP does. So it's just you very rarely see a big who can block the shots, impact the paint like he does, but also hit threes and score like he does. And I, I say it again, I feel like we say it all the time. I think we just get so uh, accustomed and used to him being 7 3 and being able to pull off the things that he does. And I tweeted out a, a short 
clip today of him. He literally, you know, pump fake from the three-point line, did like one dribble, crossover, pull-up shot that something like, you know, MJ would do in the 90s. And this dude's 7'3 and just does it with ease. And right now, it feels like those mid-range shots, uh, the post shots, those just shooting over the guys. The we stuff got a post that we, up. <laughs> we did, we did. And something that we hammered on this podcast at the beginning of the season over and over again, we said, hey, those shots are there. Eventually, they will fall. And right now we're starting to see him getting that groove now. The bank shot, the Tim Duncan bank, uh, just all this different stuff. When he's got the ball in that mid-range stuff, like those shots will be there all day, and they're going in. And, man, when he's in this groove that he's in right now, yeah, it's kind of like what you said. It's not going back to the New York form or the you know where he was an all-star. It's can he be better than that. And this is stuff that gets scary uh, when it comes to, down towards the end of the season for a playoff team. Scary for other teams. <laughs> yeah, scary Abs- for us. Because Absolutely. I hate. I, I tried to word this tweet a few times today, and I, I didn't. I ended up not tweeting it because uh, I just couldn't figure out the right wording for it. If y'all have ever been there in the tweet, but I, I was trying to word of. Normally at this time, I'm looking across the league and I'm looking at teams that they're going to be like my team, you know, like in the playoffs. We're like, that's my sleeper team. I feel really good oh, yeah. about them. They're hitting like the check marks of like, man, they're just getting hot. Maybe they got a couple really good star players. Maybe they're just now gelling. They got a couple role players that are really stepping up, playing good. Feels like everything's clicking for them a little bit. And it's like, those are teams I'm like normally looking at. And right now, I feel like the Mavericks are like that type of team that they're going to be not have home court, but they're going to be a sexy pick when it comes to the sleep pick for a lot of team for a lot of like people and so it's like it, it sucks like we can't say that because it comes across as bias but I feel like they can be they're going if they continue down this and I get it was the Timberwolves but they continue rolling like this and KP is playing like this and and the team and the offense and Seth Curry and you know Tim Hardaway they're gonna be like the sexy pick from a lot of people when it comes to hey What's what's one team? You know, it's gonna be like talk radio or sports center. Hey, give me one team. You know, it's not gonna have home court. You know, five through eight in the playoffs in either conference that you really like in the first round who could surprise some people. Like, ah, you know, Dallas Mavericks. You know, KP's clicking right now, and it's gonna be all that. And I'm actually here for it. I like it. Here for it. All right, coming up, let's keep talking about Porzingis a little bit. Talk about Seth Curry for sure, 27 points in this game, and then we'll get into more talk about Luca and resting Luca down the stretch and the strategy with that. All right, Isaac, let's get into a little bit more about Kristaps Porzingis. Man, it's we've just been waiting for this mid-range shot to start going down for Porzingis. And it just it's starting to now. And that's when he starts scoring on all three levels. Today he was 6 of 14 from three. That's super important. He's also 13 of 25 from the field. And that's just when all everything starts clicking for, for KP. And I honestly think it might have been just getting him reps and and getting him back into the flow of, you know, being an NBA player and playing in all these games and um the you know the flow of the offense a little bit and coming back from injury guys always say it takes a year to return from this injury, right? Yeah. And now it seems like this has been kind of a year for him. And cuz he he could have been he, he was available last year around this time, right? He could have played with the Mavericks when he got traded and so he could have uh, played and this would be about the time would it be it would be a year and so it's it's great timing that it's happening right now that he's finally you know putting all this together yeah and I, th- I think the injury stuff you know we got a lot of Mavs fans just got super excited with it because 
you know, towards the end of last year, a lot of rumblings like, oh, he was cleared, he could play a little bit. Will he play in a game towards the end of last year? So I think a lot of people had gotten their heads of, all right, he was healthy at the end of last year, and the clock like started then. Yeah. And the clock instead of starting at the beginning of this season. So maybe there there might have been some impatient Mavs fans at the beginning of the season. It's like, oh man, he's been healthy for you know five or six months, and also like he shouldn't be this rusty. Is this the KP we're gonna get? Is he injury prone? Is he all this different stuff? But even if it even if the clock did start at this time last year, this is a year removed. Right, like that's yeah. what, that's the t- the timetable. He's he's available to return physically, but he's not going to be what he was. Right, like that's what pe- that's what we should think of. Yeah, and so really, in hindsight, it's almost more impressive because you know he he like as far as game action, you know, just started at the beginning of this year, and now we're looking at you know post All Star break and beginning of March that he looks like he's rounding back into form and. That's the, you know, going back to what we're saying, like, that's the scary part for this team of, you know, going back to what you said at the beginning of the season, the number one goal for this, this year is getting KP and Luca on the same page and this duo and this chemistry, the synergy between the two. And whether you want to say it's Luca being out and him finding his groove when Luca was out with injury, ankle stuff and all this stuff, I don't care how he found it. It's the fact that it looks like he's found it. And now when Luca gets back healthy, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But like, that's when you have a duo like this. That's when something special can happen as a team. Mm, tell me more, <laughs> Porzingis. By the way, since the Rockets game, um, since that first you know thirty-five point game he had against the Rockets, January thirty-first, twenty-eight of forty-three. That's sixty-five percent from outside of eight feet and inside the three-point line. That mid-range shot, that's what we've mm. been talking about. 65% on that mid-range, you know, two-point yeah. shot. That is... That's and the, he can get that all day. That's the key. He can get that shot off whenever he wants to because he'll, yeah. he'll get a switch somehow. He'll, he'll set a screen. He'll roll, and then he'll stop there, and somebody, you know, will switch onto him that's smaller. That happened so many times in this game. He hit one, two, three, four, five, five shots like that <laughs> against Minnesota uh, in this specific game. So... That that's the shot that's key for him, and that opens up a lot of things for the Mavericks offense because then you have guys hedging off of their guy. KP can kick out. He had four assists in this game. He had some really good passes. That's the thing that I was very surprised about from Porzingis. I think I've said it multiple times already, but his passing has been great. The top of the key, uh, I tweeted out one video of, I just said that the league is completely backwards now because KP is a 7-3 guy who throws a bounce pass, an underhand bounce pass to DeLon right into the post and DeLon does a post move <laughs> and then turns around and hits a layup. And it's just like so backwards that, you know, 6-7-3 guys entering the ball to a 6-5 guy. Yeah, I like his, uh, I like his like one-handed... Like he did it with Luca a couple times the other day, but he brings the ball back one handed and throws this like one handed bounce pass, like kind of around a person, like a submarine so, baseball pitch almost. Like, yeah, it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's improved a lot for him. Yeah, that's been been huge, and that's just chem. Some of that is just chemistry, knowing where guys are going to go, anticipating. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple of really good chemistry things from the Mavericks in this game. I saw there, there's one pass from JJ to Dorian. I think it ended in a foul. Oh, it was the one where James Johnson looked like he was going to kick Dorian in the face <laughs> when he was running up on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. And James Johnson, by the way, twenty and zero in his kickboxing career. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He's he's actually a real kickboxer, okay. and uh, so when Dorian was. Was under the basket. James Johnson was Watch running out, at him, Dorian. and he turned his like James Johnson turned his hips and had his right right or left foot 
like in the air and I was like, man, what if he just kicked him in the face? Like, what if he just kicked Dorian <laughs> right in the face? You think he'd break his jaw? Probably. That'd be wild. Anyway, that's where I was thinking as this game was a blowout. But uh, there's just a couple of really good chemistry moments from this team. And playing all these guys together, getting them a lot of reps. Um, I think uh, Tyler Adams asked, when uh, when Luka doesn't play like in games, how many passes do the Mavericks average? And mm. I, I went and figured it out. The Mavericks average 300 passes per game when they play without Luka. Like in specific games. I can't do on off the court with passes. Uh, I don't have that. So I can't just go into the games where Luka was available and did play. But then when he was on the bench, I can't do that. But in those specific games, 300 passes per game, which is like a great number. That's like a huge. I was going to say, I don't even know if that's good or bad. That's a really good number. Like uh, a couple years ago, I think. Or yeah, that, that's that's like a team shoot for. I think the Warriors, that's a number that they try to shoot for is like 300 passes a game. Okay. Without or with Luca on the floor in 47 games, 284 passes. Hmm. So like 16 less passes per game. That's like a couple less, you know, per possession here and there. Uh, so they pass a little bit more. Guys are getting the ball a little bit more. It helps, you know, flow a little bit. So some of these games without Luca, I think, are, are helping the Mavericks gain confidence and moving. Talking about confidence, Seth Curry, man. Like I think games yeah. like this completely help him. Yeah, Seth tonight went 11 of 17 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, uh, 42% from the three-point line. He had 27 uh, second-leading score for the for the Mavs. And, I mean, talking about a different level right now. 27 points, and he only hit three threes, right? Like, when, when yeah. people outside of the Mavericks or outside of even Portland maybe think about Seth Curry, you probably just think of a guy that shoots threes, right? Yeah. And that's probably all you think about. But he's... He's doing some awesome stuff. He has a step back jumper that's legit. I mean, he can take it inside the arc. He can do it outside the. He has a step to the side jumper. He did a couple times. He hit one three that I think he took two steps to the side, and that's that's a tough shot to hit because you're off balance. You're moving. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Seth Curry's been so impressive. He's so important to this Mavericks team. Uh, I think he might be more important to the Mavericks offense than Tim Hardaway Jr. Ooh. Correct or not? I think they're about even. I, I think I think you have to have into, one of them hit in a game. Like exactly to, to win a playoff I, game or to win a contested game, one of them has to hit. And I, I have more confidence in Seth Curry right now, to be honest. Even though Tim Hardaway Jr. had 19 in this game. Yeah, I think coming into the season, you're looking at it and saying, "Hey, I need one guy to like really take it up and, and you know a next level, be take it up guy. a notch." Yeah, to be be another guy, be the other scorer some nights. You know, if one of them set now or off the court, whatever, and. Luckily, I think the Mavericks have two of those guys that stepped up yeah. in, in Hardaway and Seth. I don't think it's either or. It's like, hey, man, we got both of these guys. Because they seem like of that fifth starter crew that we've you know, talked about in the spot a lot of all the other guys, it feels like Hardaway and Seth have taken – like they've kind of separated themselves a little bit from the other guys. As scores. I'd say – yeah, as scores. I would say Dorian's in that category because of his defense. Yeah, I would put Dorian and Maxi as a, as different, right? Like they can bring it on def- yeah. on the defensive end and they can change a game with defense, hustle, they can with switching, like a lot of things that they can really change the game. And they're almost the equivalent to me of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Curry as far as, you know, offense, defense, you know, as far as how they yeah. can bring it and affect games. So, something with Seth. So, you know, a lot of people think he's just a three-point shooter. And and rightfully so because he is literally one of the best three-point shooters of all time. The second when best it comes so to, far. Yeah, with percentages and everything. He's shooting 44% from three this year. I go back to this uh, – this, and uh, tell me what you think of this. So I, I used, to, used to listen to the One Shining Pod. Uh, uh, R.I.P. R- 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 
I know. Uh, of uh, they have a new Titus. one though, right? They do. Yeah, it's a, it's with Fox, I think. And uh, so Titus and Tate used to do this you know, college basketball pod at the Ringer, and they're still together now. But anyway, Mark Titus, uh, who's just a hilarious guy, media person, played basketball at Ohio State, whatever. He used to say all the time. He played with Greg Oden. That, he did. That's his yes, claim of fame. He sat the bench on Greg Oden's Ohio State team. <laughs> Friends with Mike Connolly, different stuff. But he used to say on this pod all the time, and it, and literally it goes. it makes me think about Seth Curry. He said, nobody should ever shoot 40% from three. Or above forty percent for three, he said. He says because he's like they should just keep shooting. If they're keep if they're shooting forty percent from three or better, then they should shoot so many threes that their percentage should go down. The Luke, and, the and, Luca experiment, right? Like that, that's what? Luca's mentality. Yeah. So, but it makes <laughs> me think. I'm like, all right, Seth's shooting forty four percent from three. Should he shoot more? Like, should, I mean, like, I feel like he should shoot more threes a game at this point because he's shooting so well. So coming up, let's get into that a little bit about Seth Curry. Then we will have the conversation about Luca uh, and resting Luca. We'll talk about him a little bit. All right, Isaac. So with Seth, back to your point of, that uh, Titus made is he should shoot more threes. However. He's getting chased off the three-point line a lot. So when he does shoot, it's these kind of these, you know, catch and shoot threes or maybe he creates it himself a little bit, but he is running guys are running him off the three-point line a little bit when they close out and they have to lunge at him cuz usually he's shooting in there pretty far away. And then he steps into the three-point line and hits a bunch of long twos which, you know, say what you want about, you know, all the people that would be like, "Oh no, analytics say don't take long twos." I would want him to take a long two there. <laughs> Right? Like, yeah. If that's what if that's a shot that's open, and I think that you know anybody who looks at analytics will think the same way that you know that's an open shot for him, wide open, long two. If he hits it, boom, and that's what he's been doing. That's what he did in this game a lot was he was getting run off three point line, wasn't getting a chance to take as many threes as you know we would want him to, but he's getting points other ways, and it totally works. Well, I want him to shoot more. He's averaging five <laughs> three three point attempts a game. Tim Hardaway's averaging right at seven a game, and uh, I, I realize Seth is averaging around twenty five minutes a game, where Hardaway's uh, right right around twenty eight. But I want I want Seth to shoot at least seven threes a game. Is that is that a big? Here's ask? the thing: I want him to shoot less threes. What? <laughs> I'm like, really? You're gonna go down this? Okay, road? no, no. Here's a hot take, though. I want Seth Curry to shoot less threes because if he's taking less threes, that means he's getting run off the three point line more. That means they're getting easier buckets, more high percentage buckets. I'll counter it and say the the Dallas Mavericks should be getting him more opportunities to shoot threes. <laughs> Did huh? Do we have to beep that? <laughs> <laughs> to shoot and hit at the same time. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> there you go. That was unintentional. There you go. <laughs> I was like, what? And I saw you laughing. And I was like thinking, I'm like, dang, you had, did to, my sentence re- you had to replay it in your head a little bit. I did. And now it's funny. There you go. For all of you that have never heard a pastor say a word. <laughs> there you go, guys. There you go. Monumental moment for me. <laughs> all right. Let's move. Anything else from this game, by the way? D'Angelo um, Russell missed a wide open no. layup. Should we talk about that? Should we talk about him trying to guard Courtney Lee and Courtney Lee just smoked Oof, him? Man, that was rough. Hey, no offense. Like, Courtney Lee's just been setting the bench a lot and D Lo, bro. Yeah, rough. But, um, no, no, I just thought it was a good win. You know, without Luca, you got to take care of business against the Timberwolves and it, it was solid. And yeah, they took care of business. So, good win. Yeah, good win for him. Uh, all right, let's talk about Luca Dodgers. So, he missed this game against the Timberwolves. Against the, the Heat, he could barely 
like handle the ball because of this thumb situation. That's what well, Brad Townsend reported that Luca couldn't hang I on. Know, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're still laughing yeah. about your thing. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just laughing. I, I just wonder if he could hold his drink that night. <laughs> he was not double fisting any kind of uh, <laughs> any kind of beverages. <laughs> he, was, he only had the one hand he could use. <laughs> um, but he sat out this game. Is that going to be the out for Luca if we want him to sit games, or do you want him to sit games? Which which side do you sit on right now? Do you sit on the side of let's get him as much rest as possible, so rest him against some of these teams like the Timberwolves, like the Hawks, you know, like they have been doing, or should they ramp him up a little bit, like we like Mark Cuban talked about the other day, where you know some teams want to ramp players up into the into playoff mode, where they play them thirty eight minutes a game, thirty nine minutes a game. Because if you think about it, the Mavericks. If they don't play, if they don't, you know, win a first round series, and even if they get to the second round and then lose in the second round, you're playing like 14 games, right? <laughs> Total. Yeah. And so, how much do we want to save him, and how much do we want to, the you know the Mavericks to actually play him and try to get a higher seed, maybe home court advantage, maybe just yeah you know, get to that sixth or stay seventh or just keep the playoff spot, like you know, or just play more with Luca and Porzingis because that's the whole point of this whole season. All right, so here's where I'm here's where I'm at on this. I think for the rest of the season, there's what 21 games left, I think. 21 games. I think Dallas should look at this and say, "We're going to rest Luke as much as we can." Ooh. And in, in, in a as long as he still has a lingering ankle in, injury, he has the thumb injury. You have the if out. he had <laughs> Wait, like if he has a couple of those injuries that he's literally not 100%. If he's 100%, like I, I'm not, I'm not okay, I shouldn't say rest. It, they should allow him time to recover from these injuries and not press it more. If he's 100% healthy, then yeah, put him out there. I want him out there. But if he still has lingering injuries, I think they should highlight some of these games, like the Bulls game, like they did this Timberwolves game, uh, like you know they have some. They have a game against the Suns uh, in a, next week on the 14th. Uh, a game against I don't know the King. The thing is, we're entering the part of the season to where a lot of these teams, depending on where they're at, if they're a bad team, they're kind of trying to lose at this point. Like the Suns in three weeks, there's, might be thrown yeah. in every game. I was gonna say there's not many right now though, which is kind of surprising, and maybe that's because the lottery changed, or maybe because the you know seventh and eighth are. The eighth spot, at least in both conferences, are really wide open. Yeah, and like they have another game against the Timberwolves in Minnesota on the first. Okay, so like that's a prime game yeah. to you know give give Luca some rest on it because what what's the danger of Luca taking extra time to recover from some of these injuries? What they lose a few games? I honestly don't care at this point because I think it comes into a bigger question of this playoff seeding thing. And for me, and where I think the Mavericks could land on this. I think shooting for the seventh seed could be better for them instead of shooting for the fifth seed. Now, this is where we have to go into a whole conversation about who ends up there. Right now, Denver's at two. They have the same exact record as the Clippers, though. Um, and so, yeah, that, that that gets dicey. I think I'd rather, I'd definitely rather play the, the Nuggets than the Clippers. True. So I think when you look at it, you say the Lakers are setting at one. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna catch the Lakers probably in that top spot. The, the Clippers, Nuggets, whoever. Yeah, right now they so have La- five and a half. Lakers, are, Lakers have a five and a half game lead on Denver and the Clippers. So, so the Lakers have the top seed. Yeah, the top seed locked in. The eighth seed, Dallas is up by seven and a half games <laughs> on the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, so all of you spot. that were that have been doubting and saying, "Oh, the Mavericks can't rest Luca because they'll miss the playoffs." That's they're not going to miss the playoffs. 
right? Like this. Exactly. So yeah, they've essentially clinched now because I don't I don't see any other the Ma- the Mavericks would have to collapse in a way that. Wow, wait for somebody to clip this later and <laughs> put it back in our faces. <laughs> but seven and a half games over over like a that's twenty a twenty something game stretch that that's an insane amount. Yes. So my point is, so if the Lakers have the top spot, Dallas isn't dropping to eight. Then you're looking at this two through seven thing. And if Dallas is what? That's the thing. They would also drop to eight, right? <laughs> if somebody made up that seven and a half game gap. Oh, yeah. They would yeah. still so, only just drop to eight and they would still make the playoffs. So here's the thing. I get right now they're at thirty seven wins with the Thunder and the Jazz. And you're like, hey, we're you know, that's the five through seven spots right now. But if they're looking at it and they're saying, hey, okay, how? what's a way we can guarantee we don't play the Lakers in the second round? Because if you have to play the Lakers at some point, I'd much rather play them in round three than round one or round two because then you can just hope and bank on possibly a LeBron injury or an AD injury or whoever it is. Or maybe they get put out or whatever it is. You just try to avoid as, the Lakers. You want to avoid the Clippers too. But You're if a little you're too happy the, if, when you said maybe they get put out. Who, the Lakers? <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't even want to have do a pot with me if the Lakers get put out oh before the finals. Um, so if you're Dallas and you're sitting there in the seventh spot and you're like, all right, we want to avoid the Clippers in the first round, you definitely want to do that. If you have to you have to bet on Denver or the Clippers or maybe even the Rockets, they're probably looking at the Clippers saying, y'all care more about rest and getting everybody healthy for the playoffs than you do playoff scene. Because you know the Clippers are saying, we don't give a crap about Denver having yeah, we'll playoff. Like, they, they don't care. They can, they're going to beat Denver anyway, or at least they, they feel like they can. <laughs> so if you're Dallas and you're looking at it and saying, all right, well, if you, don't, if you think Denver will get that second spot or you think Houston will keep on moving up, then and you think the Clippers will land at three or four? Then lock yourself in at seven, and then you're going to play Denver. It's going to suck. Like Denver's, you know, a really good team. Whoever you play in, in that first round is going to be good, but it kind of locks you in that seven spot. So going back to the conversation of man, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a healthy 100% Luka Doncic in the first round against you know as the seventh seed? Or push Luca and play him as many games as you can, but he's a little banged up come the playoff time, and you're in the fifth spot with the Lakers looming the second round if you win a series or whoever it is. I would, for me, and feel free to disagree, Nick or other listeners. I would rather have healthy Luca setting at seventh in the West. I, it might be semantics at this point, but I don't know if getting Luca as many rest minutes as possible is that big of a deal. I still want to play a little bit more. You know, Luca and Porzingis, like get him a couple games here and there against against the yeah, teams I'm that are really Yeah, I'm not saying set him out the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying find these games like the Minnesota game. Find maybe I mean he's probably gonna play in Chicago, but find some of these games that you know you're like, hey, I think we can play pretty well without Luca tonight. Yeah. KP and some of these guys. Find some more of these rest games for him throughout the end of the year. If if I say this, if he's still lingering like injury with the ankle or with the thumb, and as of Today he was. So, yes. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Let us know what you think. Tweet us at Locked on Mavs, at Nick Van Exit, at Isaac L. Harris, and let us know what you think about Luca resting, Porzingis, Curry, all that stuff. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out.